Hey there, uh, Happy New Year. I'm back after <laughs> quite a indulgent Christmas and New Year vacation. I, uh, I really uh, enjoyed that. And uh, as I come back, I've just had my first uh, yoga practices and uh, they feel really good. And uh, before we get into um, this topic and uh, what we're going to talk about this week, uh, which is one of the most, the biggest questions I'm asked as a yoga teacher trainer. Um, I just want to say that it's a month to go to our online Hatha Yoga 200 hour program. We got a, a really great bunch of people uh, coming. I'm super excited. And uh, if you want to join up, you want to get into the, into the vibe, uh, just jump on my website. The, uh, whole training is there, go and sign up and join us. You still got a little bit of time to do some of the preparatory reading and uh, get ready, get your, <laughs> get your new pair of leggings. So, uh, welcome. One of the biggest questions um, that I'm asked and one of the biggest insecurities I think that uh, many people in yoga have is how much and how regular uh, should I practice? I remember when I started out way back, um, I was in with a crowd who practiced every day for uh, uh, an hour to two and a half hours, depending on the day and depending on the time. And um, I was never, um, never of the uh, understanding that it should be anything less. Um, we uh, came out of our teacher training and we came out of our uh, classes and the whole environment was very, very, um, it was certainly, what, I wouldn't call it competitive, but I would certainly say that we, we, there was kind of looking and feeling around us that there were people who were practicing really hard and, um, and they were doing well and they were, um, the ones who are making progress and they were the ones who are kind of going to go far in, in the yoga practice. And um, now as I, I look back, there are many um, great benefits to practicing super hard. Um, you you uh, learn, you progress, you gain things that you haven't got um, and get skills that you haven't yet. But there is a massive and I think under-talked um, aspect of about yoga practice and um, and uh, particularly in some of the more extreme or traditional styles, people are practicing way too much and we are never given guidance on or have a discussion on how much is too much. Clearly lying on a couch and eating Christmas cake Clearly, that's not enough. But you know how we can have um, burnout uh, from work or from gaming or from uh, a relationship. You can have yoga burnout too. Um, and sometimes it's called yogorexia, which is a medical condition almost of when you're practicing too too much. How much is too much? Well, I don't think there's an easy answer um, anywhere in this discussion. 
But what I would say is that if you are, if you are um, avoiding or reducing relationships in your life with friends or family or those people outside of um, yoga, to an extent where you are, um, and I remember actually this stage in my relationship uh, with my wife, this actually did happen. She says, wow, this is more important than anything else in your life. And we had very young children uh, at the time. And um, I was at a stage where, um, yes, it was really important. But looking back, I over-practiced. Um, and uh, anything which got in the way of that, um, I pushed to a, uh, to a side. And so warning signs, if you are practicing too much, are, are you, are you losing um, relationships and people which used to be important to you, but which are not anymore? You also, I remember feeling fairly stiff and fairly tired all the time, rather than feeling refreshed. I actually spent every day kind of recovering from uh, the yoga, just very strong at the time yoga practice that I had. And um, there are many things to be said for a good regular practice, but I do see people over-practicing and I see a lot of people actually mm, having kind of trauma and stress around not practicing. People are either uh, uh, explicitly told to practice regularly every day and or implicitly there's kind of competition and looks around the room and you know that other people are practicing at the most extreme like five o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock a.m. And that in itself, that environment and that dynamic can be very, very, um, very, very unyogic, can be very, very un unhealthy. What is yoga? There's so many definitions, but yoga, I would propose, is an optimization of your human experience, of the human experience. Yoga is not about doing as much yoga as you can so that you can do more yoga. Yoga is a vehicle for optimizing human experience. And if your yoga is becoming your life, if yoga is all that you have, or if trauma and stress around how much you're practicing, if there is trauma and stress around how much you're practicing, nervousness, then I invite you to consider how much, uh, if you are over-practicing, I certainly did this for a couple of years. And um, one of the big things which helped me see this was actually practicing uh, yin yoga, which is exactly almost the opposite. It's, uh, it's almost uh, you know, a, a lazy practice and meditation. So how many times should you practice a week? I think you should play with it. I think you, sh you should I, uh, see if um, try seven times a week for one hour a day, try once a week, uh, maybe for a, a week, uh, try three times a week and see if you can find a place where um, 
playing with these different intensities sets you up for, well, you will know what it is. When you'll feel good, you'll feel light, you'll feel uh, fit, you'll feel um, refreshed. The, um, I did mention that uh, yin is a large part of my practice, as many of you will know. I see a lot of people who uh, actually practice yin too, too much. Um, if you practice yang and hatha and vinyasa or running and weightlifting too much, well, you have injuries, you have uh, um, tiredness. If you practice yin yoga too much, you actually get the opposite in many ways. You get overly stretchy, overly bendy, and you can actually become overly uh, introspective and overly contemplative. Um, if you spend all of your time in very gentle, uh, very relaxing, um, there's a point, and again, you have to play with it. There's an optimal point where perfect amount of yin is good, but there's a place where you can over-practice. Um, one of my uh, a student I remember really well um, uh, loved having his legs up the wall. And uh, uh, typically I practice this pose myself and recommend between three and 10 minutes. He, um, he practiced this for an hour uh, every day uh, for several months and um, came to me after doing that and said his legs really hurt and didn't tell me uh, what he was doing, but it did come through in the conversation uh, that the backs of his legs felt really overworked. And uh, as soon as I found out that he was doing that, I asked him to stop it. He did, and he was better. Um, but he said there was a, um, he did it because he liked it. He also did it because he felt that he had to keep up and progress with other people. And uh, whenever yoga gets a little bit, or anything gets a little bit of an obsessive quality to it, um, be aware, be, uh, be uh, mindful that that's happening. So play with, um, in my world, it's how much hatha, yang, muscular, cardiovascular breath work do I do, and how much um, yin practice do I do. I find um, now as I'm approaching uh, 50, I, I find there's a, a balance of slightly more yin than hatha. When I was in my 20s, there was certainly way more sweaty stuff than yin. And if you ever join me in teacher trainings, we'll go through the theory of why this is the case. But certainly as I age, yin is becoming an increasingly important part of uh, my practice. And um, so there's no, I know categorically, I can't give you a cookie cutter this is the scientific amount. It's going to change depending on your needs, your lifestyle, your stress levels. Um, for me, right now, uh, I've had, uh, you know, these two years of COVID have been um, intense, shall we say, uh, to the least. So I found meditation and uh, quite strong pranayama have been uh, something that I found I really need. Um, I found working in front of the computer uh, very, very intense. And uh, so, so I found that um, meditation and also uh, getting out into nature, walking hills and mountains and rivers uh, has also been very good. So um, 
play with your ideas. Do a lot of one style uh, one week. Take another week and do something very different, maybe just once or twice a week. See how you feel. Do something in the middle and play with it. Um, we don't have to... Um, uh, there is no right and wrong. And this will vary um, through your life. The other aspect which um, comes along with this is um, how important are advanced poses um, in yoga? Again, early on when I was uh, practicing, I was in a, uh, a discipline and a culture where um, it was assumed that um, beginner poses, being able to touch your toes, and basic back bends and basic twists, were for the newbies, they were for beginners. And the discipline of Hatha Yoga, at that time I thought Hatha Yoga was simply postural yoga, so just the yoga poses, um, without any of the other aspects of uh, breath work and uh, um, meditation and diet, uh, etc. That the sign of a, a well-practiced and mature yogi was being able to do very advanced poses. And um, as I matured and become and found out that I would never be able to do um, some advanced poses, um, that challenged that paradigm. Because if I wasn't able to do them, and it wasn't because I was not practicing hard enough, to the contrary, I was practicing like a maniac, <laughs> as I said to you earlier, then what was, uh, what was a definition of an of a, of a advanced yoga uh, practitioner? Simply put, if you can get your foot behind your head or do a big backband um, like scorpion bows and get your feet um, on the back of your head, I met enough people who could do all of, all of those poses, but something in them struck me as not being advanced or mature yoga practitioners. In fact, the more of these people I met, the more I realized that actually they're not even remotely related. Some of the uh, people who could do advanced poses were egotistical maniacs, not nice people, at least uh, my experience of them wasn't nice. They were competitive. They put people down who couldn't do um, uh, those advanced poses or called them lazy or not working hard enough. And um, that ch those also challenged the, the, uh, the, some of the uh, kind of preconceptions and assumptions that we have is, have you, is if you practice and um, develop physically that the emotional and even spiritual aspects of the practice naturally come in with that. And that wasn't the case. Um, of course, at the other extreme, I found people who did very little yoga, like uh, my Tibetan meditation teachers, who seemed to have a lot of the qualities that yoga talked about. And um, so these don't necessarily uh, go together. You don't need advanced poses. You do need some poses. Uh, the meditation teachers that I had often had bad backs and bad hips because they were sitting. So they needed some kind of physical practice to iron out kinks and 
places where they were in pain. A lot of my meditation teachers had hip pain specifically from sitting on the floor in some kind of meditation posture. And it dawned on me that over time uh, that the Hatha yoga practice or yin practices, the physical practices are there to prepare the ground for and nurture the more contemplative, meditative uh, practices. So you don't need to be doing big poses to get into the meditation. But meditation itself, if you only do meditation while sitting down is extremely demanding of the body, specifically of the back, if you only do that, well, then you're going to be really um, damaging your body um, or simply, uh, simply not optimizing it. So when you sit down and meditate, the experience may not be optimal. Either breathing, you might have compressed back, you might have hip issues. And so advanced poses aren't necessary, and they're certainly not a sign of um, advancedness. But you do need to do something. What I will say that really hard practices in stressful and traumatic times of your life can be very useful. I have a, um, one teacher actually said, the more intense your life is, the more strong or the stronger your practice needs to be. And uh, I would agree with that. And, you know, like in the same way as you go punch a, uh, a punch bag when you're angry or frustrated, well, a strong yoga practice can meet those frustrations, stress or anger and allow you to get out of your head, allow you to get out of your heart and feel your body once more. Um, I think what I see as mature practitioners, people who I respect and, and who teach me, what I see is that they rarely need these stronger practices typically as they progress because they have other practices like breath work, like meditation, which allows them to be more uh, in the present moment. And uh, yoga, you know, there's so many definitions, but maybe a definition of yoga is being able to be in the present moment, i.e. not having your mind obsessively thinking about the past or planning about the future, um, continuously thinking, rationalizing. You know how the chatter in your head is not being, having that chatter in your head, but having an awareness of the context of that chatter in your head. So it's only a part of your experience. If yoga is about realizing that your thinking mind is only part of your experience, then physical practices can be used to kind of allow you to see that. So you know, if you're having a bad day and you're all in your head and you're angry and maybe people you spend your time with you're not loving, feeling so much uh, love for, a strong yoga practice will get out of that mindset. But as you practice progressively, you will probably not get into those kind of situations where your emotions and intensity of situations take over your life. 
and therefore you don't necessarily need necessarily um, those kinds of practices again uh, and again and again but sometimes you'll have a bad day or a bad month um, and uh, you will so you don't necessarily need advanced poses again I encourage uh, always encourage people to play with um, uh, their practice and see sometimes really hard sweaty yang hatha practices are good sometimes a deep release yin practice can be lovely sometimes a month of meditation um, seated in during the day over a long time can be wonderful which is present is the is my antidote to sitting in front of screens and digital stuff quite a lot i find meditation is um uh, fantastic and play with the balance of sweaty stuff and more soft relaxing things there is no right and wrong um, often there are the yin people the yinsters who only practice yin and they don't have um, an avenue for frustration and anger and uh, pent-up stress which a yang or hatha practice can get out and opposite sometimes people who only practice very strong cardiovascular muscular breathing styles don't have a way of of surrendering and letting go often and you can see this in um in their in their eyes you can see it in their uh, in their lifestyles yoga is a way of allowing us to experience anything that come up, comes at us and whether that's in our thinking mind externally in our life um, these are just uh, tools and that kind of brings me to the um, the last point um, is I spend uh, a lot of time around meditators and um, a long a long time ago and um, meditators not all but many uh, disciplines of meditation spend as much time meditating as I've seen yoga people yogaing and um, sometimes but not all of the time sometimes that internal journey that internal um, exploration can almost become more important than life and you with the people that are close to you and the responsibilities and roles that you play on this uh, planet that we call our home meditation becomes more important um, than everything else uh, chakra purification or uh, uh, balance or harmony and so we have to ask ourselves what is yoga all about I would say that yoga is all about optimizing the human experience the human experience some people get so spiritual and so into the energetic aspect of life that they deny or reject many of the human experiences like uh, you know food and movies and sex and uh, 
and all of the things that come with having a, a human body. Um, this might sound strange to some of you listening to this, uh, but many people get so into the yoga life or the meditation life or the spiritual life that they forget or reduce or tone down um, or, or try and move away from this human life which we irrefutably have. Some people on the other extreme get totally into the physical aspect of yoga and are obsessed with uh, you know, the abs and the stretchy hamstrings and the uh, big poses. I would argue that these are all just tools, meditation and pranayama and breathwork and qigong and yin yoga and hatha yoga or whatever style you practice. These are tools to allow you to zoom out to be able to see what is working in your life emotionally, what, what things are working in your life physically which are creating pain or injury or sickness, which um, relationships are stressing you out, either work relationships or, or giving you a benefit. Yoga is a place, a safe place to be able to see all of these. And by, for example, challenging you physically and emotionally in a yoga pose, you can take that experience of, oh, when I'm challenged, because you've been challenged in a yoga pose, you can take a lot of that experience to life. Hmm. If I, for example, if I just stay and breathe, then uh, I can see things differently. Or if I become intelligent and see that some yoga poses are good for me and others are bad for me, well, I can do that the same in, in uh, real-world relationships as well. Often, you know, people are in relationships and we don't know how to get out of them or navigate them. And yoga poses and yoga experiences are very much like this as well. So you can take experiences in, of that safe yoga practice out of that safe yoga practice and into the world and uh, it's a very very practical application in fact that's my biggest application uh, I found that through practice through realizing for example um, that I sometimes throw out my work life balance I tend towards workaholicism working really uh, passionately and excited about all the stuff I like I realized that rest and repose and time with family and friends is not equally important. Sometimes it's even more important um, for me um, to be happy. So as we come into this new year, consider and play with. Um, we're often told to practice a lot. And if we're uh, told we're not practicing enough, we can get feelings of guilt and um, anxiety and that should be the last thing that yoga is bringing you i hope you found this useful and uh, once more don't forget if you want to uh, learn more about the yoga practice come and join me this february we start our 200 hour online hatha yoga program hatha yoga for everybody have a great one 
Take care. I'll see you around.